the Pro Wrestling Bowl. 35 short stories, including Harley Race, Ricky Morton, Tracy Smothers, and Tim Storm. Along with 300 photos from the independent scene. Taken from Texas, Louisiana, Mississippi, and Alabama. Get your book today by going to WrestleVille.com or LanceByChance.com. WrestleVille, it's where wrestling lives. Are you a fan of pro wrestling, comedy, and combat sports? Then we have the podcast for you, because we cover that and much, much more. Do you like to debate with your friends? Do we have the perfect segment for you? It's the 531, where we take any given subject, break it down to a top five. From there, we debate it down to three, and then into that number one spot. If you want to get a hold of us, find us on our social media. Search Working Fans Podcast on any major social media platform. And if you want to find the podcast, search for us on any major podcast platform as well as YouTube. Working Fans Podcast. We put in the work so you don't have to. We want to take a minute to thank our newest sponsor on the show, 482 Designs. That is F-O-U-R, the number is 82 Designs. 482 Designs. You can find them on Facebook by looking up F-O-U-R, 82 Designs, at F-O-U-R, 82 Designs on Instagram. And if you want to email them, Go to four82designs at gmail.com. Pretty soon, we're going to be rolling out some high-quality T-shirts and stickers that were just done by the sponsor. Please check them out for any of your screen printing needs. First off, it's a light years better than our first one. Also, we survived the washer and dryer. They look good, and they're good quality. Nice. And those stickers before Paco chewed them up were amazing. And luckily, we'll be getting some more in, hopefully, before we start selling them to fans. But that's F-O-U-R-8-2 Designs. Hey, here we are. It's the Combat Cast. Working Fans presents. And it's the man they call Dave with Shivaruni. And back by Paparu the man, Cardi Asada. Woo! Back from the dead like Clay Guida in his last fight. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, good, yeah, good good performance by Clay. Uh, you know what? I forgot. We had we were talking about we wanted to go over, like, you know, obviously preview UFC 269 and talk about our little Bellator weekend. But, yeah, that's right. We did. UFC did have some fights this past weekend, too. But before that, Chevy, why don't you tell people what we got coming up? All right. December 18th, we're going to be doing the uh, UFC Fight Night. Lewis versus Dukakis. That's the Black Beast and the older Dukakis brother. And then on Christmas Day, we're going to have a end of the year wrap up kind of show where, you know, we talk about our favorite fights for the year and all that. And then on New Year's Day, we're going to do a prediction show for what we think is going to happen in the year to come. Who's going to keep their belts? Who's going to lose their belts? All that kind of stuff. The fights we want to see. Yeah. So good stuff. Now, yeah, let's let's talk about Bellator first, though, because we don't always talk about Bellator. And we all had the privilege of going to that fight card this weekend, along with AJ Strange Brew there and producer Joe. And man, fun little there. card. What's that? Did, did you forget I'm part of this chat? I wasn't there. Oh, okay. Well, someone else might have been there who reminded me of you, but <laughs> you, I'm sure you saw it. Let's I, I caught some of it, yeah. Yes. So, yeah, I was, I mean, that might be the best Bellator card I ever went to live. We've been to a few, but, you know, good finishes and then just an amazing performance. And it really was the finish of that fight that kind of made it, right? Because if that had just been Horaguchi shutting him out, 
Like it probably wouldn't have been a show. It'd been fine, but it wouldn't have been a show we were still talking about. But man, that spinning back fist, what a finish. A great job, Sergio. I wanted him to do it. I went back and forth and I didn't think he'd get it done. And then I felt pretty confident about that. But man, he did great. Chevy, I don't know. I start off with you here. What did you think of the card? Card was good. I think you're right where we saw that spectacular finish. We've been pretty unlucky as far as, you know, seeing Bellator cards live where they were exciting. Usually it ends, you know, someone getting kicked in the dick or, you know, just some boring, you know, wrestling a guy just holding them down kind of stuff. Usually the guy we want to win loses. So this was a good main event. Sergio was losing the entire fight and, you know, frankly, he got lucky to land a spinning back fist you know i did see that he was practicing that you know kick and then follow it up with the back that kick in the back or whatever but still seems pretty lucky to me if they fought again i, I would still put money on horiguchi yeah carney what do you think of this weekend these fights so i actually was able to catch that card in my part of the world which i'm, I'm very surprised that we we even have that access to television but it was a, a very impressive performance from Horiguchi. I actually predicted that he would win, and I think that for the first, what was that, three and some change rounds, I was pretty confident in my pick, but everyone has an off switch, and Pettis just happened to find his. In fact, I had been saying to myself the majority of the fight, Pettis had no answer for anything Horiguchi did. He just fought in a manner that seemed so hard for Pettis to figure out, and then all it took was that one spinning back fist, and he was done. So I didn't have the confidence in Pettis that his brother did. I don't know if you saw that Anthony put oh, yeah. dollars on him to win. So I'm sure for those first four rounds or so, he was probably regretting his decision until Pettis managed to pull that off. And, it, it, you know, when you watch that replay back, you wouldn't think that that back fist had that much power to it, but he just must have hit him right on the button. Shut right him. And yeah, and you know, just some other things too about Bellator. I know I talked about this a little before off air with you guys, probably, but I really do enjoy the uh, ramp. I enjoy the visual of Bellator. Like, I really do think that's something they do well. And Randy Osga actually asked us if we're excited about the Grand Prix tournament and thoughts on that. I I like tournaments. It kind of reminds me of old Pride Day. I don't. If you go back, Bellator used to be all tournaments all the time, like that. Is a little overkill to me, but I do like having like a weight class having a tournament per year. I think that's pretty cool. It mixes it up too. Each weight class kind of gets one. So yeah, I'm excited for this tournament and maybe learn some more about some of these other fighters. Hey, I mean Sergio, like he's in this tournament too. Obviously, he's got to defend his belt more. And God, I I don't know what to think. I like Sergio. He's obviously a great competitor, but if some of these other guys you know, are ready, you know, and they're in the same caliber of, like, Horiguchi. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if somebody could knock him off. Like, he doesn't come off like a dominant champion. I guess. Thoughts, guys? Carney? I don't necessarily think that Pettis has had the run to prove that he's that level champion yet. I've always thought of him as being above average, and he's going to be in there with some killers. And not to say that Horiguchi isn't a killer. I actually, like I stated before, I, I heavily favored Horiguchi to win that fight. But you know how it is. MMA math doesn't always add up. So for all I know, Pettis could go all the way in this. But I wouldn't be surprised if anyone else won, except for James Gallagher, who is a bum. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about James Gallagher being a bum. I think any of these guys could win. Uh, and matter of fact, that. 
matter of fact, they have most of them have beaten one of the other mm. contestants and then lost to the other one. So I think it's a very this is what you want in a tournament. It's very hard to tell who's going to win. I, I think I would put Patchy Mix or Gallagher or Stotts up there to win or Horiguchi. I mean, like I said, you know, like everyone said, he was winning that fight and, you know, he just got clipped and that can happen to anyone when they're wearing four ounce gloves. So I'm, I'm definitely going to watch it though. It's exciting. Yeah, I think that Stotts was a name that I'd kind of forgotten about, but that's a pretty good choice. There are some definite murderers in there and some old Bellator mainstays. I believe Juan Archuleta's in there. Yeah. Uh, Magomed Magomedov, I believe. Yep. I can't remember everybody else, but yeah, Patchy Mix was another interesting name. And then I forgot that both Pettis and Horiguchi are part of that. And yeah, and then there's James Gallagher as well. Well, the Pettis and Horiguchi, was that the tournament fight we just saw? They're still in the tournament, I think. Though, oh, right? okay. so okay. yeah. Oh, interesting. I thought Pettis might have got a pass as Ziffish challenge. So okay, wrong. I think Chevy's right. I think that was a title fight, and then they're still going to be in the tournament. Yeah, okay. I think that that's what it sounded like when I heard it. But. Okay. Yeah. Have you anybody? Have no one seen bracket shit for this, right? Because I didn't. No. See yeah, I, I haven't cool. seen one yet. Yeah. Okay. All right. So before we get to UFC 269. Just maybe briefly touch up on Aldo versus Font from the weekend. I thought Aldo looks amazing. This guy, <laughs> I don't know, man. He, 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 you know, as much as Jan looked dominant, like Aldo to me just looks like despite the fact all his battles, like he just continues to keep improving. It wasn't that Font didn't bring it. He did. But I think that, yeah, I think Aldo is just constantly adding different things to his game. He's evolving as a fighter. He's feeling more at home with his weight class. It's pretty cool considering he used to struggle making featherweight and now he makes bantamweight pretty comfortably. Mm -hmm. So you can tell he's definitely changed his lifestyle around. Some other notable fights, Jamal Hill, you know, good, nasty knockout over Jimmy Crute. Well, I mean, he definitely stunned him. Crute was back up, but he was definitely out of it. Raphael Fazif, I believe that's how you say his name. He had a third round finish there against Brad Riddell. Yeah, it was a wheel kick. Spinning wheel kick. Yep, which is great. Pulling it off against a kickboxer, too. Mm-hmm. Quay Guida came back from the dead to tap out Santos. Did he tap him out or put him to sleep? Uh, yep. He tapped him out, but Santos yeah. is like a high-level Brazilian oh, yeah. jiu-jitsu black belt. And, yeah. yeah, he just got tired, basically, it, from beating Clay's ass. And, and actually, uh, Chris Curtis, too. I did want to shout him out, too, because this guy, two come-from-behind victory finishes in his UFC career so far. Seems like a good guy. Seems like he's trying to do that Cowboy Cerrone thing, you know, where he just wants to fight every week. And I don't know. Good for him. And Alex Morono, who beat Mickey Gall, too. I know it's a decision, but here's a guy that has a victory over Cowboy. He had a competitive fight with Anthony Pettis a while back that I think he came close to winning. So he's a guy I think that's evolving, too. It might be under the radar. And, you know, hopefully good things for him. But, yeah, your thoughts, guys. Chevy, I'll start with you this time. Anything? On this card, really stick out to you? Yeah, the striking in that Gall and Moreno fight was some of the ugliest striking I've ever seen in (laughs) professional mixed martial arts. But it was an exciting fight, uh, but it it was ugly as all hell. Also, shout out to William Knight, who he's from our neck of the woods, East Hartford. He beat Alonzo Metafield. That that was a pretty good fight, too. That guy's so jacked. And he, yeah, shout out to him anyway. Uh, It was a good card. As far as Aldo, I just don't think he matches up well against Jan. I think he could beat ev- everyone else at the top. I think maybe Sandahagen gives him some some trouble. 
but I think he, you know, he has a good shot against TJ. So it's possible we see him as champ, not outside the realm of possibility. What, Arnie, what, about, what about you? What do you think as, you know, Connie Lasada, what do you think TJ's chances are against Aldo? I think that that would actually have the potential to be a fight of the year. Whenever that happens, I would probably be more hyped for that fight than most other fights you could throw at me. I do have to be realistic about Jose Aldo, but then again, Every time that I think I can count him out, he proves me wrong. This is a guy that's been fighting since probably the age of 18, and that's why I feel like he's probably 50-something. He's several years younger than me, and he could go at a high level. And usually I'm dismissive when a lot of guys want to change weight classes after they have a couple bad fights or they lose some fights. But somehow this turned out to be a fantastic move for him. He has been absolutely dominant. He's been scary. And I know that he's got a lot of miles on him and has been in a lot of wars, and we know that he can lose. And this division is probably my favorite division in the UFC, but much like Chevy said, at that very top, these guys are savages, they're murderers. And Aldo's been to the top before, but in this division, it's going to be quite the, the battle, and I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do against them. Not to say that any of these other guys are pushovers, because they're not. The majority of this division, especially the top 10, top 15, are all fantastic. But Aldo is a legend. I would love to see him get a title, but Jan... Dillashaw, these are guys that are on a different level, but Aldo is also on a different level for years in his own division. So he looks very comfortable at this weight, mm. and I'd love to see him go all the way to the top. So before we get get into uh, 269, there there's some other news we got to talk about real oh. quick. Tommy Fury pulled out of the Jake Paul fight, guys. Son of a bitch. <laughs> He's injured, so Woodley's getting a second shot. I didn't um, that's what pull out means. Nah, yeah. So while we're on the topic of Carney shit, what do you think, Carney, about, about Woodley getting his second opportunity at Jake Paul? I really don't give a shit. The thing about Woodley is that Fair. This, this is Woodley's last shot at redeeming himself to the MMA community. I feel like there should be a stipulation that if he loses this fight, he has to leave combat sports for good because he'll have been an embarrassment and he'll have to stop making music because he's embarrassing with that. Too. You should do that anyway. Yes, thank you. Eradicate his title reign. <laughs> yeah, he's Much not like, a Hall of Famer anymore. Right. Much like with any other. Yeah, that's what's going to happen as far as we're concerned. You know, Robbie Lawler will still have been the champion. Maybe, maybe Usman happened to have won the fight in a battle royal. <laughs> we can just rewrite history here, but there's about four years of title reign that, that should just be stricken from the books if he loses again. And we'll have no recollection of the name Tyron Woodley. So, yeah, no, I feel like this is a bunch of crap and I don't care about it. And the only thing that's going to make me care about it, much like any other Paul Brothers fight, is if one of the Paul Brothers gets embarrassed and then I'll just find clips of it online because I'm not giving mm. Money for this shit. So, do, but do you think? I mean, so the way I thought the first fight went, because I watched it, Woodley could have just pressed forward and knocked Jake out at any point if he had just been aggressive. But similar to his, the end of his UFC career, he just couldn't pull the trigger. He couldn't go forward. He just kept on his heels. So, do you think he's going to learn from that and and go forward and? Go for the kill? I mean, I think personally he has nothing else to lose at this point. Oh, what's worse? He gets knocked out? Okay, that's semi more embarrassing than losing in a straight-up fight. I mean, anyone can get knocked out, so you can chalk that up to luck on Jake's part. But to get beaten a decision, that's poor 
you know, fight IQ on his part. So oh, I, I don't think he has anything to lose. He should just push forward, go for the knockout, and I, I think he could get it. I'm going to go with whatever you just said because I did not give that first fight any of my time. I only read about it. I read that he definitely didn't pull the trigger a lot of the times that he should. When there's something at stake, as you're going to get some dude tattooed on you in a place that has to remain visible, at some point you got to realize with that and if you're losing a fight pretty clearly that you have to be more aggressive and you still don't do it, that's your own fault. And you don't deserve a rematch because none of these fights should be happening with any of the Paul brothers. I think we know how I feel about them. They suck almost as bad as James Gallagher. <laughs> Maybe even worse. But Probably yeah, worse. Both what Gallagher's a real fighter. <laughs> or yeah, but Woodley's never made as much money as he did in that fight, too. So you can't well, really fault him for taking the fight. I'll tell you what, though. If he gets to win now, too, there's probably going to be a trilogy fight. Exactly. More money for Woodley. Yeah. Maybe he played this super smart. Well, all right. <laughs> Let's talk about it. We, we had to get it out there. We had to get it out there. I saw some pictures of some memes of people saying Conor McGregor on steroids, but it looked like it was somebody else, but the guy had the McGregor tattoo and he was super jacked. No, he's, that was McGregor. He's puffing his cheeks out while he was flexing. But yeah. That was, that was he Conor? Looked, he oh. looks like some sort of like Neanderthal version of Conor in that photo oh. for sure. What, 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 where is that from? I, I don't know. Oh, probably right. in front of his TV. I thought that was just John <laughs> Silver and someone wrote McGregor on his chest. Yeah. He's been hanging out at Gold's gym, you know? Sure. <laughs> hanging and banging, bro. Yeah. So let's talk about this car. Let's talk about a couple of prelim fights first. We'll do the. How about. I know you want to talk about Ryan Hall and he's got a fight with Derek Miner. Chevy, I'll just ask you, what are, you, uh, what are your thoughts on this? Ryan I don't Hall. know anything about Derek Miner. I just really like Ryan Hall. I can't wait for him to ri- rip this guy's leg off and then go <laughs> when he wins. That, that's all I'm looking forward that's, to. That. That's your thing with this guy, right? It's just that he's very unassuming and yeah, so unexcited about anything. I love it. He's he's great. Hey, Carney, I'll throw a fight at you there. Alex Perez and Matt Schnell. That actually looks like a good fight. I think that could be a fun fight. I think a lot of the fights on this card could be fun fights, and I don't think that anybody who's listening to this should sleep on many fights on that card. Other than I to, to piggyback off of the fight that Chevy was talking about, I do think that last fight really exposed Ryan Hall, and I hope that he's made a lot of adjustments in this one because otherwise everyone's going to know the playbook. It's going to be roll through the legs, grab the ankle. Mm-hmm. So if they can put a stop to that and he has no other response for them, then his career is pretty much going to be done. But the fight you're talking about, Dave, I'm all for it. I'm all for the majority of these fights. I talk too much, so I'll keep that one short. I'd love to hear your opinion of it because I think that I'm here for the prelims and the early prelims, too. I think they're all great. Mm-hmm. I like Alex Perez a lot. Oh, yeah. I think this guy, as far as flyweight fights go, like he's just a step below the Davidson Figueroa. Oh, God, who's our champion? Moreno. Moreno. Yeah. So, like, I'm... I think you'll get it done. Matt Schnell's a really good fighter, too, but I like Alex Perez. I'll say third round submission. Who, who um, was Perez's last opponent? What fight was that? That was Davidson Figueroa. He was 55. So yeah. that was 2020. So he's yeah. been out for a while. That was a while. Yeah. That was a while. But that is something to consider, too. Yeah. Yeah. Because I remember he lost to him. He's lost to Benavidez. Mm-hmm. But he's, he's had some wins. But Yeah. 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 It's just, he's lost to some of the top, yeah. top fighters. We'll see, I could be wrong. <laughs> On a sidebar, I, I was looking at the card earlier. I noticed there is a lot of Brazilian jiu-jitsu practitioners on this card. Not that I expect all of them to go to the ground, 
but I think the majority of fighters on this car have BJJ belts. So it could be a lot of exciting shit on this. Hmm. Yeah, I don't see Tai Tuivasa or Augusto Sasaki Sasaki no. going to the ground. <laughs> no, probably not. Uh, yeah, I think when, Ty... when someone gets knocked out, they'll go to the ground. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'd say the top two prelim fights on this card, though, will be closed in the prelims. Dominic Cruz and Pedro Munoz, to me, that's a main card fight right there. I agree. Uh, they must be wanting to, you know, get some buzz to the uh, the prelims. Just, actually, I have this headline in the prelims, too. I feel like Cruz is still a big name, and Munoz has had big wins over Cody No Love and stuff before, too. So, I don't know. I like this fight a lot. I like Cruz by decision, but I think it'll be competitive. What do you guys I, like, I was going to say, I like the fight, too, but I'm actually surprised to see that that fight is not headlining those prelims over Ige and Emmett. As great as that fight could be, the fact that Dominic Cruz still has name value to him. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I'm hoping that we get a nice impartial referee, like no-nonsense Keith Peterson for the Dominic Cruz fight. He hates to make sure. <laughs> Cruz hates him. Yeah. Munoz does have some power, though. If I remember correctly, he knocked mm-hmm. out Cody Garbrandt. He right? did. Yeah, that was was that the one where Garbrandt was throwing wildly like an idiot. Yeah, he fought like an asshole. According, yeah. That's, yeah. yeah, that was when that was when he was going through his phase of getting touched. Then all of a sudden, he just started swinging as hard as possible. But yeah, although Cruz's bones are made out of dust, you know he's definitely a lot more technical than someone like a Cody Garbrandt. So he's probably gonna be a little harder for Munoz to catch like that. I wouldn't be surprised if Munoz beats him. I just, oh, no. I think Cruz has still got enough footwork. I think he'll be able to pull off the decision here. What do you think, Chevy? I'll be surprised if if Munoz wins. He's lost three of his last four, I think, right? I mean, Cruz, like you said, his footwork, his fight IQ, I think he's just by far the better fighter. Munoz has power, like you said, and he's beaten some good fighters, but I think that Dom's on another level, even if he's a hundred years old or however old he is. But I, I see Dom getting it done, probably decision. And I think that's the reason why this isn't the main event on the prelims, because it will be decision. You're much more likely to get a finish in the Ige Emmett fight. Yeah. Which... Finisher for a guy named the, the dominator. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, little... uh, as far as the uh, Emmett and Ige fight, I'm going to go with Emmett. Hmm. Probably with a TKO. Let's say first round. I, I really like Ige. He's durable. He's tough. But I, I just think Emmett is going to catch him with something early. Yeah, I think Emmett has the power. Mm-hmm. And I think that's going to be a firefight. So I kind of like Emmett in that too. I'll say we get out of round one. I'll say TKO round two. What do you think, Carney? That's a tough call. I like both guys. I think they're both great fighters. I could definitely see... Emmett taking that win, and I do like Ige. I think he has a chance. I think it's it's, it's going to be hard to call it for me, but yeah, I could definitely agree with the both of you and think that Emmett could get the job done. Not like he hasn't been finished himself too, so I don't know if Ige is going to be able to stop him. So maybe I will lean a little toward Emmett right now too. Great fight though. Mm-hmm. Uh, our favorite part of the show. Let's hear me try to pronounce this name. Rolini Pavia. Okay, right. So there's that. Pavia. <laughs> Is that right? I don't know. I've never heard the guy's name pronounced before. Oh, okay. I've, I've actually seen a few of his fights. I was telling Dave earlier when we were talking on the phone that one of the things, and, and not to get too far ahead, that I think could pose a problem for that clown that he's fighting. Is, Sean O'Malley. <laughs> yeah. Sugar Sean. So 
what I noticed in O'Malley's last fight, and even when he fought Vera, was that when O'Malley's opponents are more aggressive and walk toward him, when he's walking backwards, obviously he's not as effective. Hmm. But this dude, his last few fights, you know, he throws a lot and he's very aggressive and he could walk dudes down. And unless O'Malley can stop that forward pressure, that could very well be a problem for him. I'm not as familiar with him as I am with O'Malley. I've only seen a couple of his fights, but what I have seen from the fights that he's won, like I said, he can be aggressive. He's from the Contender Series. He's 3-2 and two in the UFC, but he's also on a three-fight win streak. So, yeah. And the last guy that O'Malley fought when he fought Jared Leto's Joker from Suicide Squad. Oh, yes. That guy was also a, an unknown dude who just was tough and managed to walk into all of O'Malley's punches, except I think that this dude might actually throw. And it's maybe it's also because I just don't like O'Malley. I want him to lose, but <laughs> definitely has skill. He mo- O'Malley has skill. I think yeah, his footwork has, is... He good skill. His footwork is tremendous. I really like his footwork. He does. I'm, I'm not telling you, like, the guy isn't cringe, and I'm not telling you, to, I'm not a big fan of the whole mentally undefeated thing, take your losses. But it is hard to deny, like, when, it looks like he's fighting someone, I would say, on his level. Man, when he's fighting people that, you know, are coming up the ranks, he's usually, he's looked really good. I don't see this being any different. I got Sean O'Malley, another late finish, TKO round three. Yeah, I think the FC is trying to be as smart as possible with O'Malley as far as bringing him up at at the proper pace. So I think they're trying to pick fights for him to win. Obviously, Cheeto was a little bit of too much for him at the time. So I, I assume he wins this fight. I don't know anything about the guys fighting. So I just know O'Malley has great reach for the division. He has power. He uses it well. I assume that he'll get a knockout at some point during the fight. I was shocked he didn't knock out Moutinho. I think that guy just has a real hard head. So, yeah, I assume he's going to win. I I think he's only going to accept fights that he thinks he can definitely win until he gets on a contract where he's making real money, which I think this might be or the next one might be his last fight on his contract. Mm. Wouldn't be some shit. If he ended up in the fucking Bellator Grand Prix, like, <laughs> yeah, an alternate, yeah, yeah, <laughs> some shit. So then we got Kai Kai France against making his flyweight debut, Cody No Love Garbrandt. Kai Kai France, uh, Kai Car France, excuse me, is five and two in the UFC. He's twenty two nine and one overall. Two fight of the night, one performance of the night bonus. I'm just looking, you know, like he's got some finishes. I think he, I'm, it's it's so hard to tell who's going to win this fight because I don't know what this weight cut is going to do for Cody because I'm not. it's not necessarily there's a lot of weight, but Cody's not a big guy to begin with. So if he cuts this weight and he has even more speed and he has all the power he had at Bantamweight, I think he'll get the job done. But if he doesn't adapt well to this weight, then... I don't. I see it being a long night for him. Just judging on the few times I've seen Kai Car France fought and his record, and just usually how these weight cuts end up going, I'm gonna pick Kai Car France decision. I I like to see Cody get the win because I like to see some star power down here at flyweight, and I think it'd be a fun fight for him to fight the winner of Moreno and you know Figueroa. But 
I don't see it necessarily happening. My instincts are telling me that Kai Car France is going to win this by decision and that Flyweight is just not going to be a good experiment for Cody. We'll see. Chevy? Yeah, I agree with you 100%. The, we don't know what he's going to look like, and I assume yeah, when when you're going between 125 and 135, you have to think, you know, yeah, that's 10 pounds, but when you only weigh 140 pounds or 150 pounds, whatever his walk-around weight is, though that 10 pounds is a huge percentage of your body weight. So that is a lot to cut. I just don't see his power translating down to 125. He, he definitely has the speed to keep up with those guys, so that might be enough. I just think that the weight cut and his chin are not going to mix well, and I, I see him maybe get knocked out. I hope not. I'd like to see him do well at flyweight, but I, I see Kaikar France knocking him out third round okay carney so i don't mean to come off as indecisive this is going to be one of those fights where i'm going to want to see what garbrandt looks like on that scale mm -hmm. before my decision as to who's going to take this fight and to kind of put it out there i've taken a, a guess on a couple hundred fights this year and i have there's someone else who's been keeping track of my percentage my my success rate is about 64% with who I choose to win these fights. So like I said, I'm not trying to seem indecisive now, but the way I'm looking at it is like this. Garbrandt, his last few fights haven't been great. He was fighting like an asshole, like Chevy said earlier, or like Dave said, Dave said, I forget. Both you guys look the same to me. Yeah, he looks like so, an asshole. Yeah, he looks like an <laughs> So, you know, he, he did try to change things up a little bit, still gets stopped every now and then. It seems like his weakness is his chin. Can France throw? Sure. But I think that he's probably going to want to take Cody to the ground. Mm. Cody does have some good takedown defense. I think it's going to come down to, can Cody stop him before he gets him to the ground? If France gets him to the ground, it could very well mean he's going for a submission or he's just going to lay on top of him or have a boring fight for three rounds. So this could be exciting. Much like you guys had said, Garbrandt is very fast. Maybe that weight cut might make him even faster, or maybe he will end up like TJ Dillashaw after he tried to cut weight and get stopped in like less than a minute. So I've seen pictures of Garbrandt as he's been cutting down. Oh, yeah. And he looks very, his body looks very similar to the way that TJ's body looked before he cut oh, weight. So he looks almost sickly, but then again, yeah. maybe he'll hydrate after he hits the scales. But looking at it, maybe I'm just because I'm not used to seeing him that thin. When you're that light as it is and you drop another 10 pounds. It just looks like bone and ribs. Well, you have to assume, too, that he, he hasn't done his water, like, cut yet. Exactly. So, I mean, he looks, yeah, he looks rough right now, you know. It, you know, it's Tuesday as we're filming this. He looks rough now. Come Thursday when he starts to do the actual, or Wednesday night, Thursday when he does the actual cut, he's, he's going to look real rough. So, if he can rehydrate, I think he's still at a disadvantage. He's going to look but, like Christian Bale and the, the machinist or whatever. Yeah. All uh, flash art tattoos all over his body. Yeah. So we'll see though. I, I hope he does well. Yeah, me too. I hope he does well, but my instincts, usually these weight cuts, especially at these smaller weights, a lot of these guys try to cut down to smaller weights so they can try to bully people. And it usually never works out. And, you know, unless you're all though. Now he cut down, he looks great. So He's it is possible. Completely. I, I hope yeah. Cody does that. All right, is this fight even still on? Didn't I hear something Jeff Neal? Oh, it's still on. Oh, okay. <laughs> Against Santiago Ponsonibio. Ponsonibio, he came back from injury recently. He's one and one since that. Neal's on a two-fight losing streak. So both these guys really need this win. Both these guys like to bang. 
I like the bang too. <laughs> if, uh, if there's nothing wrong, if Jeff Neo has his head on straight, I don't know. He's a little younger. I feel like a firefight might favor him at this point in his career. Ponsonibio still, I mean, this is only his third fight back from injury. I don't know. Uh, Jeff Neal has to fight, basically. He has to win to stay in. I, I think Neal gets it done. I think he pulls this off. I think it's a second-round TKO. Yeah, I'm also going with Neal for the same reason. If he loses, he's it's possible he gets cut. I mean, he's already working at Texas Roadhouse as he's fighting because he doesn't make enough money. So he doesn't want to go back to working there full-time, I'm sure. So I, I think he, he gets it done. But, yeah, like you said, both guys like to uh, – weighed into the fire so it's possible you know we see a very exciting fight and and probably a knockout yeah both these guys i think are actually well above average fighters they're both really good you got you know neil is fighting ponzinibbio and the law maybe some demons he's got a lot going on his last couple of fights haven't been that exciting I might even slightly favor Ponzinibbio right now. However, that could change come fight day. I don't know what the odds are, but I guarantee, considering their fighting styles and recent performances, they're probably very close in terms of odds. I could see it going either way. I believe both these guys also are, are good on the ground, good standing, but I'm sure they're both going to want to stand and bang. And it's either going to be that or it's going to be one of them just going to try to wrestle the other one down. But I could. they're both Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu guys, I believe. But if you look at their fights, they rely heavily on striking. So I think this could just be a fun stand-up war. Yeah, we'll see. I, I think it will be a stand-up war. And the fight we've all been waiting for, the one that uh, people are saying to pick them, Amanda Nunes versus Juliana Pena. <laughs> I, you know what? I followed Pena's career when she was on The Ultimate Fighter. She won The Ultimate Fighter a few years back. I'll say this for her. Just, she's mentally strong. Like she comes to win. I, I know. What do you want to say? Yeah. She's going to get work. Son. Not, she won't be mentally strong after she gets brain damage from this fight. <laughs> she's tough. She's a tough cookie. I, uh, she's like Tate. Misha Tate. Like they're both like, you know, losses don't deter them. They come back strong. That's um, good for the rest of her career going forward. Are you saying she's a tough cookie or she's a cupcake? It's a tough cupcake. <laughs> cupcake. Come on now. Yeah, I uh, okay. So I, I think she'll go a couple rounds. I say Nunez stops her though. <laughs> um, round three. <laughs> 48 seconds. Wow. Blitzers are boom, boom, done. <laughs> Into round five? No, round one. <laughs> <laughs> I'd probably lean a little bit closer to what Chevy's prediction is. I think I've said this before, but you know, uh, when it comes to UFC women, I've been saying for a bit now that there's. There's, there's levels to this. There's Amanda Nunes, there's Valentina Shevchenko, then there's everybody else. And Pena is a good fighter. She's a great fighter. But almost kind of like how we mentioned before with Joseph Benavidez, he just existed in the wrong time in that division when the elite were that much above him. Or he could have been a champion if there weren't people so dominant. And Pena, yeah, she could probably be at the very top of that class. But unfortunately, she's got Amanda Nunes ahead of her. And there's a reason why John Anik is referring to her now as the GOAT instead of the Lioness. So, I mean, obvious first ballot Hall of Famer somewhere down the road. She is one of the people who I think personify the evolution of women's MMA. And she has just 
progressed so far ahead of a lot of these other ladies where it's going to take someone like a, a Kayla Harrison or someone from another promotion coming in, some young up-and-comer to actually give her a fight. Because I think this division, I don't mean to disrespect any of these women, but they're all jobbers compared to Amanda Nunes. Mm -hmm. So I'm going with Chevy. It's, I think it's going to be round one finish. All right. Well, I'm going to give Pena a little more respect than that. I think she comes in, uses her wrestling, tries to clinch, and ultimately it doesn't matter. But should <laughs> um, <laughs> that be the one fight we're all completely wrong on? Yeah. Troy's Amanda Nunez in 48 seconds. Yeah, great for the division. I mean, the thing about it is I remember someone said this before Rousey lost. They said that when she loses, it's going to be when you just least expect it. It's not going to be oh, this person's going to be this style or this style. It's going to be the one we all think, oh, yeah, this person's got, got no chance. And then that's the person that's going to beat them. Yeah. I'm and so I do kind of wonder, like, as we approach this fight, like, none of us are giving Pena, like, the respect. You know, not everybody, everybody's like, oh, no, there's no way. There's no way. It's got the elements of that. But I see no reason to think that Nunes usually – Usually when those are happening, all right, let's take a couple of good upset in history, right? Let's start off with the Rousey one. Rousey was acting very strange as we headed into that fight with home. She was arguing with people in the media. There was some stuff to come out with her mom and the coach were having a little back and forth. And then she was very razzled at the weigh-in, we remember. And, you know, home was been nothing but respectful. Now, another great upset, Mike Tyson, Buster Douglas. Again, going into that, Tyson having you know, some issues and stuff like that. Tyson was having a lot of issues around that time period, obviously, and big upset. So usually there's that element. This has all the other elements. It's just, just nothing really going on that we seem to think where Amanda Nunes is going to be not herself. The only thing I can think of is that, you know, she has, you know, recently, well, then again, she didn't give birth, but I mean, so, but I don't know. That's about the only thing I can think of is that, you know, like, no one hey, you're grasping at straws here, Dave. She's going to dominate her. <laughs> so, I'll, I'll, I'll just throw this out there real quick, because this is something we could talk about for a while when you talk about upsets. We've discussed the Holly Holm thing before, where she was you know, more well-rounded than a lot of girls that Ronda has fought with more championship fighting experience, didn't freeze in front of a large crowd where some of these other girls did. But look at some of these other upsets. and Like, let's say Ioana and Jacek getting knocked out by Rose Namajunas. Ioana tried the head game. It didn't work. Ronda tried head games. It didn't work. Sometimes that stuff backfires. McGregor tries it on. Habib couldn't get in his head. So I don't see Amanda Nunes trying to do any of that stuff. I think she takes her fight seriously. Right. You know, the greatest upset in MMA, as far as I'm concerned, is still George St. Pierre and Matt Serra. And George admitted afterwards he didn't take that fight seriously. And I think that's the, or however, I don't want to put words in his mouth. It was something along the lines of that. He just wasn't training as hard as he should have been and he admitted that but i think that amanda approaches all these fights very seriously she's got a legacy to to maintain and you see her just absolutely dominate a lot of these women she'll beat them at their own game she's very well rounded and i'm gonna look like an idiot if Pena wins <laughs> you're well, safe you. <laughs> <laughs> unlike juliana Pena. yeah oh man so I was, uh, we get ready for Rustin Poirier and Charles Oliveira main event. Man, I want Poirier to win this so bad, and it's no disrespect against Charles. It's just that Poirier has worked so hard. I don't know if he gets it done, though, man. Like, the closer I get to this fight, like, I just look at the way Charles has been fighting. His submission game was always just superb, right? Just so good. 
and now his striking is just so good. So that being said, man, Dustin's so damn durable, right? Uh, and I'm looking at his like performance, like he's got fight of the night seven times, submission of the night once, performance of the night four times. Like this guy's a bonus machine. This is going to be an interesting fight, man. I think we're going to have this is going to be fun. I think this is definitely going to be fireworks. I'm looking at Charles O'Hara too now. Performance of the night 11 times, submission of the night 3 times, fight of the night 3 times. There's no way this is not an exciting fight, right? Like this is going to be crazy back and forth. Ah shit. Fuck the world. I'm going Dustin Poirier anyway cuz I just want him to do it so bad. He ain't going to tap out uh, Overa, though. I think he's going to have to grind this out. It's either a decision or he's going to finish him late, maybe round four, round five. So if I can jump in here, one of the things that I love about this fight is how well-rounded both guys are. And if you had told me about, let's say, two, three years ago that Charles Oliveira would be the champion in this division, I would think that you are absolutely on whatever drugs Conor McGregor is on. <laughs> but... I mean, if you go back several years, you know, he's he's lost to absolute savages and then he lost to some gatekeepers. And in that division, the gatekeepers are straight up killers, guys that are very durable, that will fight through injuries, that will just murder everyone, but maybe just never get to the very top. And I thought that was his ceiling. And then somehow he just goes on this tear and he evolves and he gets better and he goes on this streak and he's just wrecking everybody. And when you talk about his ground game, it's superb. And and the one thing that I saw and we all saw in his fight with Chandler, he got dropped. He almost got finished. So Mm -hmm. he can be stopped now. It's just can Poirier have that power to do so. When it comes to the stand-up game, like you said, Oliveira has evolved. He's got a great striking now. I might favor Poirier standing. I mean, maybe it's just because I've seen more of how good his his movement is, his striking, his his head movement. He's very good. He's also very good on the ground, but I favor Oliveira on the ground. So I think that it's just going to be a fun game of who can use their skills better than the other person can use those same skills. And I think that both of them can beat each other at their own game. Can Poirier finish Oliveira on the ground? Sure. Do I think it's likely? No. Not, I'm talking submission, not ground and pound. But can Oliveira stop Poirier standing? Absolutely. So I think it's just one of those fights that if I'm picking with my heart, I'm going with Poirier. I want him to win, but if you dislike any of these guys, you should just stop watching MMA because I, I like them both. I respect them both. I'm going to give credit to whomever wins, and I'm going to be happy for them. But it just sucks that someone has to lose this fight. Yeah, I can't remember where I read this at now, somewhere on Twitter, but somebody said that they want to see Dustin win, but they don't want to see Oliveira lose. And and that pretty much sums up exactly how I feel. And like you guys said, they are well-rounded. They match up well everywhere, you know, with I would also give Dustin the edge in the stand-up and Charles the edge on the ground. But I think this is really going to come down to championship caliber opponents, you know, who's fought the better fighters and fight IQ. And I think that that comes down to the fight IQ comes down to Dustin. I think he's better at keeping the fight where he wants it. Also, his force of will, he's just, you can't break his will unless you're Khabib. You know, he'll fight through injuries or whatever, which he might have to because in a stand-up 
fight, I think Oliveira's going to kick his legs. Dustin's heavy on his front leg, and I, I think it's going to get chewed up similar to the way it did in, was it the Gaethje fight or the Eddie Alvarez fight or both? I, I don't remember now, but I think his leg's going to get chewed up, but he, he's going to stay standing. And as long as they don't get in some sort of scramble where they get up against the cage and Oliveira can jump on his back, I think this fight stays standing and Dustin gets it done. I think it'll be a decision, though. Very good fight, close fight back and forth, but I'm going with Dustin by decision. All right. Sounds good. Uh, only thing left we'll have to figure out is uh, who's hosting this this weekend. We'll talk about that. Yeah, well, we'll have to figure that out. Yeah. Yeah, we'll talk about that off camera. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Chevy, tell people what they got coming up. All right, December 18th, we're going to be doing the uh, UFC Fight Night Black Beast versus Dukakis. And then Christmas Day, we're going to have our end of the year wrap-up show, favorite fights and all that. And then New Year's Day, we're going to have a prediction show and what we're looking forward to coming up in 2022. This is uh, episode 25, by the way. Silver anniversary, guys. 25. We did it. All right, guys. Well, Carney, thanks for sitting in on us this week. Hey, anytime. Well, anytime that I'm actually available while I'm not helping the children down here build more orphanages. So I think my final notes that I'll throw out here are I'd put money on Nunez if, if betting was legal down here. Looking at those fights again, I think there's a lot of ones that could go either way that are going to be fun. Regarding that Snell fight you picked earlier, I'm going with Perez on that. And I think a lot of other ones are going to be a coin toss. It should be a fun fight. No one should be sleeping on this because even the prelims are going to be fun as hell. And again, if you don't like Dustin Poirier, you're probably Conor McGregor and you're a bum and I don't like you anyway. Just <laughs> watching MMA. All right. On that note, Combat Cast 25, we're out. All right. So that wraps us up for this week. Thank you again for listening to the Working Fans Podcast. So as always, you can find us on Twitter at FansWorking. Our Facebook page is Working Fans Wrestling Pod. We have email where you can reach out to us and let us know what you think also. That's WorkingFansWrestlingPod at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram, WorkingFansWrestling underscore pod. And then as always, please continue to listen to us on Anchor.fm, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, all your major platforms. If you're following us on Apple Podcasts, which we are also on now, and YouTube, please make sure you subscribe and give us a five-star rating. It helps us bring you these podcasts where we get to talk to you and talk with you every week. 